listening to Power Tools for Parents. Parenting is tough, and often we feel like we don't have the right tool for the job. Listen in as all three of Legacy Christian Academy's division counselors discuss compelling parenting topics and give you practical, effective tools for your parenting toolbox. Well, welcome, Legacy family. We are so glad to be back with our podcast, Power Tools for Parents. Here we are again, ladies. We're ready. Back from the holidays. Yes, so glad to be back. It is good to be back. So good holiday break. Everybody back in action? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Rocking and rolling. All right. Yeah. Well, we, we, uh, we haven't been broadcasting in a while here, but we're so glad to be back. And we have a topic today that we hope is going to be super valuable. And that is the topic of conflict resolution. And that can sometimes be a counselor buzzword, but really that just means helping your kids find a way to resolve differences that they may have. Um, A lot of times with friends, sometimes with family and siblings, but um, we're going to talk through that today. And we really want to just start with discussing the Matthew model. So Mm -hmm. that's something that as we were preparing for this, um, we realized sometimes parents don't even totally know the Matthew model, if you've not been taught that. Um, That's what I'm so excited about with this topic is that, I mean, we're talking about it in like like reference to like the students and the kids, but this is really like a, a life long mm-hmm. skill set that, yes. you know, that we can all learn from and that we can all utilize. So that's why I love this topic. I think it's going to pertain to to everybody. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And I, and as we were preparing also, you know, a lot of these things, I'm like, oh, I use that on my husband all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it will be a twofold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, the Matthew 18 model, just briefly, we'll just tell you the three tenets of that model. And the first one is when you're um, experiencing conflict, the first command in Matthew 18 is to go directly to the person Mm -hmm. and try to resolve it that way. Um, And and again, you know, refer back to Matthew 18. We're not going to read those scriptures, but this is it in a nutshell. And then we'll get in more depth. The second step is um, if you're not making progress with that person yourself, that you get a neutral third party involved. Mm -hmm. That could look like a teacher. That could look like perhaps a counselor on a lower level um, issue. And um, probably not a parent. Right. We had that right. conversation. Well, because I think uh, biblically it even says, you know, a neutral yes. party. And so often, I mean, I, you know, we can be mama bears. I can be a mama bear and I'm definitely going to be biased a bit. So I, I like the, putting the emphasis on that. Yes, that yes. neutral person. And I think sometimes we think we're neutral as a parent, like, oh, yeah, you know, I can not take sides, but you're just going to naturally take your child's side. So um, a neutral third party, and if it still is not resolved, then you take it to a higher authority. So that might look like, um, again, a counselor at a higher level uh, issue or perhaps a principal, vice principal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... So that's the overview. What we realized is that in our offices, because boy, do we see this in our offices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we get an amen to that? Amen. Yes, we can. Amen. <laughs> um, that the problem a lot of time lies with number one, which is go directly to the person. Uh, our kids just don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. we don't know how to do that well. Right. 
Right. So what does it look like to do that well? And that's where we're going to camp for a lot of this podcast. Um, just talk through some things of what it looks like to go directly to the person and hopefully give you some tips that will help you in that. So um, as we as we thought through that, we realized that involved two different aspects. And one would be preparation for that encounter. And then the second would be what that looks like in action. So I'm going to throw that out to you, ladies, just as far as preparation. Yeah. What do you see that looking like yeah. at your divisions? Or you know, some of this is just division-wide, honestly. It goes for everyone. Right. Well, and I think, you know, like I emphasize always with with the, the students and even with myself. So it's always a really good lesson for myself when I'm talking to a student about this. When you have a conflict, I, you know, the first thing that we should always do is pray about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because so often if we, you know, if we don't pray about it, we're just going into the, the resolution with a full-on emotion. Yes. And so we need really God to be present and a part of it. And, and that prayer often not only centers us, but it also calls to mind, you know, through the Holy Spirit, other parts that um, maybe we haven't seen well, you know, or things that we have contributed. So I always say, you know what, first and foremost, to, to, to calm yourself, to center yourself, to get yourself uh, Christ-focused, we have to pray. Mm-hmm. We have to pray about it. So, And a lot of times we want to skip that step, just be impulsive and go straight to the person, but that usually doesn't turn out as well. Well, I love that, and you made a really good point, and that is to not do this directly after an event. You mm-hmm. know, you, you definitely want to have some time to sit on it, um, so that's very wise. Praying about it, thinking through it, and not just knee-jerk reaction, re- reaction thinking mm-hmm. that you can... Um, be productive because your emotions are too high. Right. Absolutely. And some verbiage we really practice at the early learning center and the lower school is just understanding the size of the problem. And so I think it's really helpful for parents to know this verbiage as well. We talk about how smaller problems have a feeling to them. They feel like you're bothered or you're annoyed. And those are, you know, problems that our students are really equipped to handle. Mm -hmm. And they may benefit from some brainstorming with you, which we'll get to in just a second. But they feel manageable for them to work on um, independently. And then bigger problems feel scary or overwhelming. And so we really need our students to understand the difference between a problem that we want to try a couple problem-solving strategies ourselves first. Like this is a manageable problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to build my problem-solving muscles with this. Or a bigger problem where I really need an adult support with this right away. Um, And so that's the verbiage that we use right there. And then um, also just being a listening ear for a plan at this stage. So talking through with your students, what ideas have you thought of with this? What feels best to try first? Okay, how do you see that working out? And just kind of building up their confidence so that they're, they're ready to, um, to give it a try and to go to that person one-on-one and have a plan for what to say and how it's going to come across. Because um, our students, even as young as our three-year-olds, I mean, they have the ability to speak for how they're feeling to a friend and to, to share their heart and to better understand one another. And so um, we definitely just want to give our kids the confidence to really um, start tackling these things. I love that so much. 
<clears throat> on so many levels because I think we do underestimate our kids' ability to resolve conflict. Right. And as parents, we are so emotionally charged mm-hmm. in that conflict mm-hmm. that we just want to solve it and make it better for them, but we're honestly depriving them of an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And I love how you how you said, you know, equip them, strengthen that muscle in them because if we're constantly doing it for them or orchestrating the whole thing, what are they learning? And this is a skill, like you said, Lana, I mean, this is a skill that can honestly go throughout your entire life. So don't underestimate, um, as you talk with your kid, their ability to express how they are feeling. I right. think that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and as, as you are, like, because you know, our kids are so afraid of face-to-face, they always see it as conflict. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm nervous about conflict. I don't want to go face-to-face because it's conflict. And I, I think we really have to emphasize, no, it's resolution. Yes, and yeah. it, it's not conflict when you're trying to resolve a problem. It's going to somebody in love. and mm-hmm. But because they are so nervous, they don't always have the, the right verbiage. Right. And, and the wording, and I love what Kristen is saying, giving, giving them some of that verbiage is important. And I think that is equally true for our, our older students, the middle school students, mm-hmm. that if we can help them come up with how do I phrase this in a way that I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm attacking the person. Because the first few words out of your mouth in when you're trying to resolve a conflict are going to set the tone for that interaction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we talk a a lot in my office about the compliment sandwich and um, the kids chuckle and laugh, but, and Jenna and Kristen and I talked about how we use that with other people, but, but you use it because it's effective. And, Mm -hmm. and so I really walk through with them, like, how are you going to open this topic up to this individual that you are having an issue with? And and so let's try the compliment sandwich is just basically, I'm going to say something kind and I'm going to, you know, put in the hard thing in the middle, and then I'm going to end it with something kind as well. Right. And so, you know, an example may just be when you walk up to that person that you have the conflict with, you start with something kind, which may, may just be, you know what, I really value our friendship. Yeah. That's a kind thing to say. Or, right. or really, you know, I really find you to be one of my best friends. But the other day when you took my jacket and wouldn't give it back that really mm-hmm. hurt my my feelings a lot but because I value our friendship I want to talk to you about exactly it. so yeah. you're squeezing that you know that that hard thing the one thing that you have the issue with between the two things that are nice and and that tends to like set the tone for the rest of the conversation and it'll generally go better so yeah stressing that you know compliment sandwich it's it's, it's important an tool. you know what yeah. I I cannot underestimate the power of that one mm-hmm. so you're really preparing that person to hear you. Mm-hmm. Because if you immediately start with an attack, and we all know this from marriages and everything else, mm-hmm. like if you immediately start with the attack, why did you do it this way? Or mm-hmm. Then you're not getting a listening ear. Right. You're getting someone who's starting to form a defense. Absolutely. So if you start with a softer approach and you do find something, you know, that is biblical. What what can we find mm-hmm. to um, have common ground and to show that I respect and care about you? And then that just does, it totally sets the tone. And you know what else I love to do with the kids in my office, and you could do this with your child, is to actually role play it. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's great. You know, and and um, you think it's silly. I mean, even with high schoolers, like, really? Like, I'm going to roll. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, it's 
it's amazing because you start role playing it and then they really feel themselves getting out of control and then you just kind of stop and they're like, oh, that's probably not the best way to phrase it. No, it's not, you know, so how could you rephrase that or just helping them find words? Um, Sometimes, honestly, they'll even jot down notes like in their phone notes Mm -hmm. of here is a phrase I want to use at this point. Here are three things I want to make sure I, you know, I'll form out my compliment sandwich in my phone notes and then... um, you know, and then let God and the Holy Spirit orchestrate the conversation, but at least you feel it's a little more confident. So preparing. Then the second um, facet here is, all right, so I've prepared. Now I'm actually sitting, as Matthew 18 says, in front of the, with this person. And the action points there, um, there's a lot of them, and we're going to try to consolidate it and and not be repetitive here, but... um, one thing that, um, Lana, you said was the importance of not bringing others with you. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's hard because uh, because they're scared and because we also don't like to feel alone. And, and so it's like, if I have someone else on my team, then that, you know, justifies what I'm feeling even more. But this isn't about, you know, having a, you know, a competition and trying to win. And, and you bring someone else in. And again, you're going to set, like you said, Jenna, you're going to put the other person on defensive. Mm-hmm. And so this has to be that I am approaching this person alone because this is between only the two of us. And so I have to keep yeah. it between the two of us. And I, I, I see that that's very difficult at middle school. They always want to grab their friend and like go out at recess and, uh, okay, I have my friend and now we're going to confront you. And I'm right. like, oh, yeah, that's not going to go over Mm-mm. very well. That no. lands like a brick. It does because you can't help but feel ganged up on. Right. If you've got that friend is probably not neutral. That friend is probably an advocate for yes. you, truth be told, which is why you feel comfort in bringing that friend. So, um, so yeah. Alone, which can be scary, but again, mm-hmm. a good skill to keep, teach your child. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so one thing here that I'll just note is, especially with the older kids, I mean, this wouldn't pertain as much to you, Kristen. Um, they don't have phones yet, all of them at that age. But um, doing this, the importance of doing this in person versus right. texting. And that, you know, that may sound daunting to some kids. It does sound daunting it to does. them. It's the first thing they want to do is just text it. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you text it? It gets taken out of context. Mm -hmm. How many times has a kid been in our office that, you know, this has been repeated in a negative way on a different text thread and they're showing me that and they're like, that's not what I meant. And it's just the same rule of thumb for us. You know, if it's a big conversation, we're not going to email that. You know, we're not going to text Mm -hmm. that. When you bring up the point, which is true, if you text it, now I can show it to another person or I can forward it to somebody. And then again, it brings in more people. It brings in more people, which we don't want. Right. And and we can't hear tone. We cannot right. hear tone through a text. It's hard to convey tone. I don't care how many emojis you use. <laughs> someone's going to look at that and read it with a different tone than you intended. Right. So you can feel someone's heart in a conversation face-to-face. You can see the hurt it's mm-hmm. causing them in a conversation face-to-face. So that would be one tip I have. What about you, ladies? Well, Kristen, how do you like at the at the lower school? Because I, I mean, I know with Jenna, it's easier to send them out because they're older. You go out, and here's a plan to go and get one on one. But how do you do that with those younger ones? Our older kids, if they have a time that they see the person where it's an okay time, like maybe they walk the track at recess with this person, mm-hmm. and they know they have the space to do that, then we talk through that. Or maybe it's they need a time um, just in my office to talk through things, just the two of them really, and having that space 
space and that privacy to say the things that they need to say. So it just depends on the age. And I mean, with our itty bitties, a lot of times it happens in the classroom in the moment, just modeling, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel upset that you took my blocks and I would love if (laughs) (laughs) if next time you don't. (laughs) Right. So... Yeah, and, and they they may have to have their teacher even absolutely. that young age really give them the, yes. the verbiage. Yes, yeah, but that's part of the training. Absolutely. Part of the training, and as a parent, you know, with the youngers, you do have to set that up. Yes. They can't drive to Starbucks and meet for coffee, which absolutely. you know they're going to be. That's going to be have to something that's intentional on your part. Yes, as, yeah. For and as, the beauty as parents too is a lot of us have siblings that they get to practice. You know, right in front of yes. us on this conflict <laughs> resolution, and yeah. you know we get to support them there and. Just watching how quickly students can gain confidence in Mm -hmm. conflict resolution. Like, you know, when I say this in the right tone and use this tool, it works for me. And now Mm -hmm. it's in my tool belt and I feel confident going to it when I need it. Love that. And wouldn't that change the world if we could get rid of sibling conflict? (laughs) So, you know what? And and it may be that sibling conflict is your problem as you're listening to this. Maybe your kid's... Um, don't have as much drama at this point with friends in it. And really, it's just all about keeping the peace in the home. So all of these can apply um, and then some to to, uh, doing them in the home with siblings. Another thing that's really important when having a conflict resolution uh, type meeting or uh, just a chat with someone, face-to-face with someone, is to remember to attack the problem and not the person. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you look at it as you're a team and there's a problem, and so how do we fix this problem? Not how do I fix you and you did this and you did that and you, but almost removing yourselves from Mm -hmm. from the emotion of that and just saying, Here's the problem at hand. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll even write on the whiteboard in my office the problem, you know, so mm-hmm. the focus becomes the problem and not just um, me attacking you. Right, right. Yeah, and, and when you're looking at that and you're, you're looking at what is the problem, then that sets in mind, so what is our goal? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we want to reach with this? Are, are we trying to, you know, restore the relationship? Are we trying to improve the relationship? Are we trying to become better communicators? We have a goal in this so that our relationship can improve. And so, you know, when you have a common goal, which is focused on relationship, not your own agenda, right. then it does change, you know, kind of how the conversation will go because it's like, you know, we're fighting for our relationship. We're not fighting to win. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. There's more power in that. And I think then you become unified. It's it's you and I fighting for the same thing. That's so so good. And I think too, it's important to say that, um, you know, the goal is not always to walk out best friends. Yeah, good point. We're not supposed to be best friends with everybody. You know, we're not best friends, but we do respect each other. We do coexist here in a mm-hmm. relatively small school. So I'm going to see you at right. any given point during the day. And we have to know that we can be kind to each other, mm-hmm. that we don't have bitter feelings toward each other. Right. Right. We may not click on a best friend level and that's okay. And I, right. you know, they'll say at the outset, we're not in this to be best friends again. Right. So we, the goal may just be, we need to be able to be civil to each yeah. other in the cafeteria when we're together. Exactly. Okay. How can we do that? How can we do that and still respect each other? Um, part of that, another level of this is um, you may go into a conflict 
feeling like you really haven't done anything wrong. And <laughs> I usually, yeah, that's the ones with my husband. I don't, You're right. I like, what's, what's my problem? Let's talk about the problem and it's all you. It's all you. But um, reality is we always play a role. We always, because we're not perfect people. So even if it's 1% of the problem at hand, we can own. You own, I had a kid tell me this and I'm like, write that down. Because mm-hmm. she said, I've learned, Miss Snyder, to own 100% of my 1%. Ooh. Oh, my gosh, that's good. That's you know? great. Because, because it may be that I'm just contributing slightly, but I'm contributing. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it may feel like 1%. Maybe in someone else's mind, that feels like... 90%. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> or at least 50%. Yeah. So own that. So when we're in my office um, doing a conflict resolution session, I, I always prepare them individually beforehand. And I'm like, what is your part in this? Right. Because there is a part and you need to be prepared to apologize for your part. Yeah. What could you have done differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to, my, my kids used to get so mad every time they'd come home to tell me something. I my, It probably shouldn't have been my first question. That's where I went wrong. But my first question was usually, and what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I do think that the lesson is still there that um, we, we do have to look at, you know, how did I play a role in this? Because we all play a role. We all play a role. Yeah. And we can apply that again to everything. You can apply that to your marriage. You can apply mm-hmm. that with, you know, your, when your kids are fighting and they said, she did that, you know, well, what? okay. And what did you do? And what mm-hmm. can you apologize for? Um, right. And that also sets a tone. If I'm humbly apologizing for something, yes. I was going to encourage yes. you, yeah, to apologize as well. Good point. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about taking the high road. That's hard. That's humbling, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it, it, it is. It's, it's tough to take the high road, which is, you know, to, to admit uh, a part of that, you know, admitting where you failed or, or where you did something wrong, but also just knowing that uh, we are going to have to compromise. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time when we're in conflict resolution, the best conflict resolution results are when we compromise. So we both have had to give something. And so, you know, accept that you're going to have to give something. And, and as you often say, Jenna is like, you know, don't, don't stoke the fire. You know, um, once we've reached that compromise, then we are both in agreement to move forward with that and not, you know, keep rekindling it and keep bringing it up or, or walk out of the office, uh, and go and share it with your, your friends and start talking about all the details of it, because then you aren't, you know, just re- you haven't resolved it at that point, then, right. and you are restoking it. So, right, absolutely. Um, I think, I think a lot of this. Um, so, I, I, I do compare it to like embers in a fire. Yes, <clears throat> and those embers are there, and you know everything's hot and heated, and you've just had a good conversation for the last hour about mm-hmm. how we can put those embers out. So, if you walk out and immediately text your best friend, and oh my gosh, this just happened. You're not, you're not putting the fire out. Mm-hmm. You're stoking the fire. Right. You're taking a stick and you're poking the fire. And then you're going to come back a couple of days later. It's still bad. Now she, she told, you know, the whole boyfriend group about this. And now they all hate me. Mm-hmm. Well, because you stoked the fire, you let it die yeah. and, and it, and it will die. And it is hard to take the high road. Well, and it, it brings up another point uh, of, because I, I see this and I think we probably all see this at our divisions because we are a small school, usually when there is something going on between two students, 
most people know. A lot of people know. So even if you do use this great Matthew model and you come in and you handle it the right way, once you walk back out into that, you know, that environment, someone is going to ask you, you know, oh, what what did you do? And what did she say? And how Mm -hmm. did that go? And so part of taking the high road is also being able to say, you know what, that was between her and I, and we resolved it. Thank you for the support. Everything is good now. But we do have to prep our kids in. Exactly. How do I say that? How do mm-hmm. I dress when, you know, the rubberneckers want to come and look in and right. see what, what happened? So And stir it up in me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's saying, you're so right, that was so... You know, then it starts getting me riled up again, and, and, and then it becomes me against them again. And it's it's that's not what a goal. The goal is to be productive and move on. Right. So, Kristen, like, what does taking the high road look like for the little ones? Um, that's a great question. It's really just we talk a lot about being vulnerable enough to share your feelings, and it kind of goes back to the attacking the problem and not the person. But it's you know, instead of you never listen to me, it's you know, I I feel like yes. you know we could communicate better, and yes. you know, I want to get to know you better and understand you better, and um, so we just talk about taking the high road, being more of a sharing more of yourself. You know, when we do biblical conflict resolution well, and we follow tips like these, Mm -hmm. we grow closer to the person. We end up better on the other side of it and closer. Um, And so that's, that's the goal. Yeah. That's, I love, love, love that you just brought that up, that your, your statements are not um, you statements. They're Mm -hmm. I statements. And I try to teach that to the kids Mm -hmm. too. I feel so sad when you move my backpack Mm -hmm. at the lunch table. Mm -hmm. I feel not you, you, you did this and then you did that and then you did this and then you did that because then they're just like, they're, again, it's the tone and they're coming, they're, they're, they're trying to think of all the reasons they did that and how to defend that. And, but no one can argue with, I feel sad. You know, what are you going to say to that? No, you don't. Yes. <laughs> you feel it sad. Openness <laughs> it, 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 right, mm-hmm. and it does. It takes a lot of vulnerability. Well, and, and the visual for that, I, I always say, is there's a difference. When someone comes at you to throw a punch, Yeah, you get ready to throw a punch back. Yes. That's just what we do. Yes. And, and you know, those, um, those you statements are throwing punches. But when someone walks up to hand you something you open up your hand to receive it. Right. And that's what I statements are. So yes. you did this, you did that. Okay, they're going to come back with you. But to give you something, I'm giving you mm-hmm. my heart and yep. my trust and saying you hurt my feelings. And so um, it just is received better. It is received better. So so that's a little hodgepodge yes. of a lot of this and it's that. a hodgepodge. But, you know, we just, we hope, maybe you'll go back and listen and maybe two or three of these points stuck out to you, different different things that, that you can help your child with. Right. Um, and, and really, in the midst of this, we also had the conversation as we prepared for the podcast that um, it's the modeling thing. Mm-hmm. So, Kristen, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. We just have such an opportunity to model this well in so many different situations um, that can come up in just showing our our kids how to do this well and mm-hmm. how to pray before tackling a conflict. I mean, whether it's a family conflict, whether it's a work conflict, just modeling well these steps so that they um, have the confidence to do it themselves. Yeah, I love it. And I think really inviting your kid into that. So maybe it's you intentionally say, you know, I'm having a problem right now with your aunt 
so-and-so. So guess what? Here's what I did. I called her and we did this and then we said that and now we, now it's now it's better, you know, so mm-hmm. that they, they are invited into hearing some mm-hmm. of that so that they see it modeled well in the home. Or maybe it's with your husband. I mean, there's mm-hmm. plenty of opportunity there, yeah, right? right. <laughs> plenty of opportunity for that to go well or poorly. So these are principles that we all have to practice. And, Absolutely. You know, and I just love, you know, I mean, it's the Matthew model. Mm-hmm. So it is you know, it's Jesus showing us the example and give, I mean, he, the, God knew we would have conflict. Right. And, and in knowing we we're going to have conflict, he wanted to give us a tool to use to solve conflict and to solve it effectively. Okay. So if we can get our kids into the habit of just knowing that lingo, you know, did you use the Matthew model? Are you, think about the Matthew model. What's the first step in the Matthew model? Because right. if you're using the Matthew model, you are inviting God in and then conflict resolution will happen and yep. it will happen in a biblical way and the blessing will be there. And it will be there. So just to recap that, you know, um, we've spent a lot of time camped out on the first one, which is go directly to the person because mm-hmm. we know that's where they have, they don't, they're not, they need a little education on that. We yes. all do. And then the second one, again, was just, if, you, if you're still doing all these things, we've got the compliment sandwich. We're using um, I statements et cetera, et cetera. And there is just no progress because that can happen. We are sinful. It doesn't mm-hmm. always go textbook. Then the second um, step was to get that neutral third party, whether that's a teacher or a youth leader or a counselor, someone else just to be there so that the conversation remains civil and productive yes. and can kind of redirect um, when needed. And then lastly, still if you're having if you're having issues, even still, to seek that higher authority, um, and and you're right, Lana, that is the biblical way of doing it. So we know God's in that, mm-hmm. and there will be restoration and healing, hopefully, <clears throat> um, by taking it to that step. So that is our advice on conflict resolution, and we hope it's been helpful. Um, we sure want to bring helpful, applicable topics to you all the time. And if if you have any questions on this, we just encourage you to reach out. Reach out to Lana, Kristen, myself. Um, we can help talk you through it. And maybe your specific situation, you know, there's just some things about it. You don't know how this is going to actually play out or work. And we are here to help. So please, please reach out. And we thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you tune in next time. Thank you for listening to Power Tools for Parents. We are so glad you joined us today. Spread the word and be sure to subscribe for more parenting tips as we navigate this parenting journey together.